All right, what up? Welcome to the Miduele Podcast. I am Stuart Anderson, your host here with Kristen Anderson in this episode. We gratefully interview Tiff Larson all about her cycling career, her life on and off Zwift. If you've been on Zwift with us, then you know Tiff. And in this episode, we learn all about that story. We learn about her uh, cycling journey, how she got into cycling, and obviously hear some great advice from her as one of the strongest women cyclists that we have ever met, as well as one of the best people we've ever met. So we're grateful for Tiff, thankful for her husband, Don. You might know Don also. Uh, You'll hear that story a little bit as well. Although Don doesn't join us, maybe we'll have Don on in a future episode. Stay tuned. But uh, super grateful for Tiff and thankful for the time she spends not only on the episode, but all the time she gives on Zwift to make that a great place to be and to ride together and to train together. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. Thankful for all the kit orders for 2023. They are in and Volley is working on them. And we're also a big thanks to Jake Cook, who is the headmaster, head camp chef for Team Camp coming up in April. He sent out a big message to the Team Group Me. So if uh, you're not on that yet, that means you haven't paid Team Dues. Anyone who's paid Team Dues, I put them on Group Me so you can get all the updates about what's coming for Team Camp, Team Zwift Rise, etc. So, Enjoy this episode. Grateful for each of you, and uh, thanks for tuning in. All right, enjoy. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode seventy-five. Seventy-five. That's a lot of episodes. A lot of. It is. Podcasting. A lot of pod. We're like official podcasters. I think we have over twenty thousand downloads of podcasts. That's kind of fun. Anyway, congratulations. I guess I'm the only one excited. Cool. So I have Kristen here with me and Tiffany Larson. Hey, Tiff. Hey, how's it going? It's going very good. Tiff is Tiff's already hiding her face. Tiff, you can look at us. And <laughs> it's already embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Tiff uh, avoided being on. It's very, very humble. We're very grateful to have her on. She's going to tell her story. If you don't know Tiff Larson, here's your chance. So we're super excited you join us. Um, this is going to be really fun. Any any announcements, Kristen? Anything we need to cover before we move forward? I hope you got your kits ordered. Yeah. I don't want to hear like, oh, can you can you open it back up? I forgot my kit order. That was a can good whiny voice. Who are you trying to mimic right there? Who's whiny I'm voices? Gonna, I'm not naming names. Oh, do you think you could get me uh, a wind jacket? Uh, sorry. Sorry, so, I didn't get all of the emails and kit posts. order is closed. If you're listening to this, it's closed. It closed February. February, no, January 9th, kits will ship first of February, and we will open it back up in the summer. So um, that's fine. It's okay. But yeah, hope you got, thank you. Really good humor there, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. Tiff, interesting side note. Um, you also, not uh, as part of me, Dwella, we ride Volet, but your team in Idaho also wears Volet. We do. Yeah. Love great it. Co- yeah, great company. We yeah. love Volet, and uh, that's fun that we can trade insider secrets on what we wear. So very cool. Uh, team camp. So don't forget April. Ooh, I got to open my calendar. I think it's the 13th, April 13th through the 16th. We're going to be down in St. George. So uh, work on your lodging. But yeah, team camp will start April 13th, Thursday afternoon. Then we'll do a big ride. Friday the 14th and then Saturday the 15th. And then you can hang around Saturday or just go home Saturday, but a lot of fun stuff. Tiff, a interesting side note, the first official raffle prize was provided by Taylor Dame 
he knows the race director of your big race, the big, what is it? Sawtooth. Uh, Sawtooth. Will you talk the about Sawtooth. that? Sawtooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, Taylor told me about that this morning on Zwift. So Sawtooth um, used to be known as the LP200. Lyle Pearson is the local Mercedes-Benz dealer and sponsored this relay from Boise to Sun Valley and slash Ketchum. Sun Valley is the resort, Ketchum is the town. Anyway, LP has been a popular relay about the same distance as Lodoja, more climbing actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's about 11,000 total yeah and so last year one of our team real dudes toby bingham Mm -hmm. talked to race director to convince them to do a sawtooth uncut to basically allow people to do the full um, distance alone so you can do it as a relay it's a great on honestly such a beautiful relay it's arguably a lot more fun as a relay Mm-hmm. You know, we've had some great times. Really, you know, you have fun in the car. Um, there's a, a descent where people like Don will descend so fast that in the car, you're trying to beat your rider to the next exchange. That's fun. Um, because the, the, you know, bikes will pass cars on that descent. It's a windy one. Um, anyway, beautiful. It goes um, over a couple of passes outside of Boise. You go up past Lucky Peak Reservoir up into the mountains into Stanley, which is where the um, amazing Idaho Sawtooth Mountains are and Redfish Lake, beautiful valley, tough. um, It's not really a climb there. It's kind of a a low grade climb, but always windy through that valley and then up over Galena Pass and then you drop down into um, Sun Valley. Gorgeous. Yeah, very cool. So we'll... um... We'll raffle off a free entry to that. And I know a few guys from Midwele rode that last year, got rained out. Uh, I know Zach Pape was, I, I watched the video, the famous Taylor Dame video um, of dudes going hypothermic <laughs> in the car. So hopefully better weather in 2023, but uh, very fun. That'll be cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's what, the first weekend in June-ish? Yeah, I'm not First sure. or second weekend in June. And so the weather is typically good, but can be if that time of year i i've heard of snowstorms it's not the normal but yeah. um, it's early to be doing a 200 so but if guys have their eyes on lodoja you know it's it's a prep you know peak there and then peak later you're you're all set for lodoja once you do that i guess very cool uh let me get a, a brief uh history here so tiff and i actually met through her husband don in nine in 19 <laughs> in 2017 Don and I rode Lotija uh, with Toby. So fun. Uh, Don actually ended up winning that year. I think he won. I think he won. Or maybe Steve, Steve won. I don't remember. I'm, I'm not sure which year it was. Don's got a couple, of, couple yeah. of W's there. Um, yeah, there was one year Don and Steve and Toby got in a breakaway. And the That's three of it. them had to decide who won. That's the one. And and since Don had won the previous year, he said, it's not me. You guys decided. So they tossed a coin basically. And nice. Steve won. And Toby, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Okay. So yeah. I met Don, I met Don there, which led to me meeting you, which met Kristen has rate. You guys have raced together, ridden to haven't yep. you guys spent. Yeah. What year was that? Do you remember what year that was? Was that 2020? Mm, I'm, yes. I'm thinking maybe 2018 is the first year I met Kristen. 
um, because I had ridden with, I had ridden Lodojo the previous year, 2017, with a friend of hers, wrote, wrote all day, spacing on her name right now. Help me Chelsea. out, Kristen. Chelsea. And then, so the next year, Chelsea's like, hey, this is my friend, Kristen. She's going to ride with us, but she has a knee. That was the year you had a knee. Oh, knee. Yeah. I didn't make it very far. Mm-hmm. So we we met, um, but we didn't get to ride together with her injury too much. Okay. And then cool. a couple a couple other lotages with nice. Kristen. I asked Don to write just a short introduction uh, to Tiff, and you guys know Tiff. You know Tiff if you are riding with us on uh, the hamster wheel to nowhere on Zwift. If you are participating in that activity. This is Tiff. So we're really grateful to have Tiff on. This little intro is from Don. Uh, he says it all started in 1993 when I bought Tiff uh, new but dented. What does that mean? Was he got like a <laughs> it's like a dented frame specialized? Elise. We were kind of newlyweds and um, he found a good deal on a, on a frame that I think had been sitting around a shop and had gotten injured somehow. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, it was a steel frame set from Specialized in the avenues in Salt Lake City. She never rode it, and a neighbor still has that bike. Probably in 2009, Tiffany was given a decent carbon bike with a fit. That's really when things got rolling. She had a comfortable. She was comfortable on that bike first, and there were so many. As in quotes, Hobble Creek moms that would ride a few days a week in the summer. I don't know who those is. That a a, a neighborhood you guys were in? That's funny because I know. There's a Hobble Creek Canyon ride that I've actually ridden down by Provo, um, but our neighborhood is called Hobble Creek. And so there's a group of neighborhood moms. Yeah. Cool. He says, one thing you have to understand about Tiffany is that she can't really do things halfway. She's more competitive than she can admit. Valedictorian, summa cum laude, basketball MVP. She can't just show up. So quickly, the women's rides were unsatisfying. Soon I was suggesting intervals to try Uh, instead of her using hills as intervals. We had some failures riding together at first for sure. She could talk about going up Timber Trail the first time and how mad she would get when I would just suggest one more climb that she was not ready to do. Now, however, she doesn't blink. She drops men all the time and takes criticism from the kids for checking her Strava. Don't don't listen to them. That's that. That is social media at its finest. They're haters. Yeah. Now we're good. Uh, now we're a good decade into real riding for Tiffany with race wins, Zwift notoriety. It's true. Level 60 Gosh. Tiff, right? Come on. <laughs> that, there's not very many successful uh, Lodija races, some sacrificed to help friends old and new, and many unforgettable rides, bike tours, joys, pains, QOMs, and friendships experienced while exploring the land on a bike. Funny thing, too, is that she has completely forgotten about the lecture she gave me about writing too much. That's very good. That's fun to share that. Okay. Thanks, Don. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Tiff, maybe just talk a little bit about your history background, um, where you came from. So, uh, yeah, I grew up just north of where a lot of the Dwellies live, Bountiful, Utah. Okay. And Bountiful. I think I was destined to be an athlete because I hated the tap and ballet classes my mom put me in. Oh, look at Kristen Um, nodding. Yeah. (laughs) We're basically sisters, Kristen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
I wanted to play soccer. I am so old, though. I'm way older than you guys. And, and in those days, there weren't even all-girl leagues yet. And so when I hit second grade, there were finally all-girl leagues. And so that's when my soccer life began. Loved soccer. Still love the smell of fresh cut grass and Saturday morning. That is just soccer. Did you play soccer, Kristen? I did. So yeah, a lot. Oh, such a good a great game. <laughs> yeah, I the only reason I kind of phased out of soccer is that it wasn't a sanctioned sport. Again, my age when I started hitting, um, you know, junior high, high school, I kind of transitioned to basketball and volleyball because there weren't school teams for um, soccer. So loved basketball and volleyball. Um, but as far as cycling as a kid, I had, I, I think I uh, was a little bit of a tomboy. I had one of those little Schwinn dirt bike. It was such a cool bike and we made jumps. I, I, I was a pretty good jumper. Nice. <laughs> so we'd make, you know, the plywood jump with split logs. Um, all the little neighborhood dudes and Tiff out there jumping our bikes and would would measure the longest jump with a little pile of grass and then you'd move it if someone beat it dude at some point i broke my arm jumping on my cousin's bike that was a little too small and kind of launched myself and i think i was a little (laughs) more careful after that (laughs) so fun we had the dirt hills Kristen and i i'm like envisioning dirt hills same same Mm -hmm. scenario yeah i didn't have like a cool twin dirt bike i was on like a banana boat banana (laughs) but the old banana seat. Yeah, I had a, mine was kind of cool, but my brother's was cooler because it was a Yamaha and it had shocks. Nice. So it came from the Yamaha shop. I, I mean, I, it was like a predecessor. This, this is probably early eighties. He had a bike, a yellow Yamaha bike with shocks, but it kind of had a banana seat. <laughs> so I don't know what was going on, but it was cool. I, it probably was 50 pounds, but it was cool. Fun. All right. So you transitioned a bit here. Uh, let's talk about that. Just getting into cycling, getting into endurance sports. Um, kind of sounds like you and Don maybe did this together. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, I, it, it was tough, you know, when I got into college, I, for my fitness and, um, you know, sports satisfaction, I was used to team sports. So trying to find my way there and Don and I would play basketball in between studying at the the Institute of Religion at the University of Utah. And after we were married, we played pickup. Well, we would, there would be a group of guys that would play basketball at a nearby church on Saturday morning. So it was always kind of funny, you know, seeing guys trying to figure out how to guard me. You know, it's a little different, mm-hmm. but um, we had fun. And, but I, I needed like different outlets for fitness besides just trying to get a game together now and then. And so Don would drag me out for runs in the avenues and you all know how hilly it is in the avenues. It's really not the greatest place to run unless you're not a narcissist, a masochist, (laughs) or you're just training for a hill event, I guess. So I remember being very angry at him running hills in the avenues. but yeah, we eventually moved to Oregon um, so Don could go to dental school and we started running more. And um, I did my first half marathon. In fact, I remember the first time I ran 10 miles, I, I was like, okay, this is the runner's high. And I felt like a deer. I felt like I could run all day. That was kind of an epiphany for me, I think. So I learned to lo- love running. Like in high school for me, it was more of like a punishment or a necessary evil, but 
I learned to love running and, and distance became fun and a good challenge. And um, I used to be a CPA and started out with Pricewaterhouse in Salt Lake City and then transferred to Portland when we went there for Don's Dental School and then eventually ended up working at Nike nice. in their finance department, which was crazy great company to work for. And the cool thing about Nike is when you get within a couple of miles of the campus, almost any time of the day, there's people running. Yeah. Um, when I was there, there were a, about 5,000 employees on campus on the world headquarters in Beaverton and everyone runs and there's, you know, world-class fitness facilities. And so, you know, you just run on your lunch hour. It's what you do, you know, eat your lunch from your desk. And so had a good time running at Nike and ran for fitness while raising our babies and doing half marathons here and there. Fun. So, um, Don already mentioned a bit about how you got into cycling, but, uh, not dragged in, but was he riding a bike? I mean, was he, was he doing endurance stuff and he was just like, Hey, come on, do this with me. Or how did it work? Yeah. I, he kept just saying, I think he'd really love cycling. And, you know, I was, like I say, I was running Don, Don was cycling. Um, he's kind of a crazy dude. Stu knows this and the guys who have ridden with him know he, he's a tough dude and he is tough. I, 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 he's tough and I joke that he's been dropped on his head a few too many times as a child but um uh Don is a medical professional we might need to cut that out. <laughs> but literally as a kid he grew up in Oregon it's like an hour and a half drive in a car to the coast but I think at 10 years old they rode their bike to the coast you know i mean we're talking heavy old beast bikes wow. the family's like let's ride our bikes to the coast you know oh so gosh. i think endurance was in don's brain and upbringing and um he uh he loved bikes and loved cycling you know when we were at the u he got around on a bike and his old bike got stolen at some point off our front porch in the avenues and but he was always riding. He started doing triathlons when our kids were young. And he kept saying, I think he'd really like cycling. And that bike he mentioned when it, he finally got me, I, he, he literally was just like, I'm going to buy you a bike because you're going to like this. So <laughs> I guess that can be a little plan if, if there are guys who are listening who would like their <laughs> wives or, or significant others to ride, mm -hmm. just buy them a bike. Yeah, but do you buy them a nicer bike than yours, or what do you do? A dense specialized doesn't sound very enticing as a gift. Okay, so that was the early one that I never rode, <laughs> but in in two thousand nine, see, he didn't go, <laughs> he didn't get a good enough one, I think. Uh huh. So it, it was like two thousand nine, and she bought me a Raleigh Carbon. Went to the local bike store, rode a few. I'm like, wow, this one is really nice, and you know, at the time, gosh, it was probably a couple thousand, you know, so. It was a good entry level carbon, I think, nice. you know, probably heavy by standards that um, competitive cyclists are looking at. But yeah. Yeah. What do you, so like, what do you think? Chris, what do you think, Kristen? How, how is a guy? I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to break here, but I mean, a lot of the guys we ride with are like, oh, it'd be so fun to ride together as a couple. <laughs> um, maybe you guys let's just talk about it for one sec. Yeah. Is it worth good, exploring? Good I think so, because I think it's something that a couple can do, like there is longevity in it. Does that make sense? Like 
even if you're not competitively writing, I think it's something that, you know, when kids are gone, it's, it's a fun thing that you can do together. Your body's like, I think can do it. It doesn't put too much wear and tear. I don't know. I don't like to be left at home. So I'm, I'm doing what you're doing. So, you know, for me, it's like, I want to do it together. And if you're, if we're on a trip and you're riding up a mountain, then you bet your butt I'm riding up a mountain. So does that <laughs> make vol- sense? Or so a I volcano. Or a volcano. So it's like, <laughs> for me, I just think it's a great connection. I think it's, I think it's worth it, but I enjoy writing and I enjoy writing with you. So what do you think? Tiff? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. What do you think, Tiff? Same feelings? You guys are the quintessential cycling couple. (laughs) So cliche. (laughs) The Adam and Eve of cycling. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's the name of the podcast. Don and I are like the grandma and grandpa couple (laughs) compared to you guys. Zacharias um, and Elizabeth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll say, we'll save our Bible study for another uh-huh. shot, I guess. Very good. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's great. I mean, it, I, when I was the wife at home with the babies, I was a little angrier, I think, because there was a time Don golfed, he went through some golfing eras and it's like, why does golfing have to take six hours? And there were times that he was like, I'm going on a bike ride. And when it's 1 p.m. and he's still not home, I just, you know, I was fine at 10 o'clock. I was fine at 11, but I was angry at 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think, I guess my advice, if um, there are people who want to ride with their partner, significant other, um, if you're a competitive hardcore dude and your significant other isn't don't scare him off with the first ride <laughs> you know learn to ride at friendly paces um you don't think you don't think your wife's going to be impressed when you drop her on a climb that's not impressive i would literally turn around and ride myself home like i'd just be like good <laughs> look, i hope you're having a good time look at me <laughs> Yeah, I like like Don referred to there were times that I was fairly angry at first, even when I was cycling and and his warm up was probably like threshold for me because I wasn't a very serious cyclist. And so I guess beware lest you ruin your plans in the first ride or two. Um, Good advice. Make it fun and it's okay to go easy. Very cool. All right. You wrote in these notes. um, 2015. 2016, 2017, things kind of, will you talk about that? How you, you got a little more serious? Yeah, it started to change when, um, when I, I, I started writing with faster people. And so I'll give a shout out to my friend, Sharice McMullen. Um, she's a team real gal and lived here in Boise with me. She's since moved, so we don't get to ride together. And where is she now? Because she joins us on Zwift sometimes. She's like in Arkansas. Yeah, she's in Arkansas. Okay. And um, mostly Zwifts now. Um, yeah. There's too many wild dogs in Arkansas roads, I hear. So, <laughs> like literally. Weird. Yeah, so um, Sharice was kind of a le- legend status and um, here, here in the Boise Hills. And Don had told me that, you know, there's this, chick who can ride with the guys and super strong and I had heard about her and I was scared of her and and then she moved back to Boise and it it was it was at that time that I was getting kind of wanting to 
do a little more and go a little faster. And so, so I kind of reached out to her and said, Hey, you want to ride with me? And she was nice enough to um, drag me, drag me along that summer. And, and my cycling just started changing. And, and that same year I did a, a bike tour with Dawn Cycle Oregon. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or Mm-mm. if anyone's ever done it. Um, super epic bike tours, um, different routes every year. But as I did that and prepared for that, I started riding with Dawn more because I was riding with Dawn on the bike tour and it just changed my riding. I learned how to hang on to a fast Peloton and, and during that bike tour, we got some crazy um, groups of guys um, that were fast. And, and I just learned, you know, you learn a lot when you go beyond your comfort zone. And so that changed. It yeah. was a lot of fun. And the next year, 2016, I did Seattle to Portland, um, which is a 200 mile ride in a day. It's different than Lodojo because it's pretty flat and, and somewhat recreational. But, but to do that, I knew I could do that distance. And so that, that was kind of a a milestone for me. Um, have, doesn't have, that doesn't that race have a catchy name too? Isn't it like a? They call it STP. Oh, STP for okay. short, Seattle to Portland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I, I think like ten thousand riders do it. It's it's yeah. a crazy number. Um, and the start of that race, if you're thinking about doing it, is um, kind of like a cycling video. It's like a video game. It's like Zwift but real life, <laughs> where you can actually crash. <laughs> Perfect. Are there guys in hand cycles? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are. There are recumbents. There's. Recumbents. There are. I remember Eric Denning drafting behind this guy in a recumbent. It was hilarious, oh and we were all goodness. like tucked in, like trying to lay down our bikes to get in this recumbent draft. But <laughs> the thing that's scary about that, the start of that one, is it's in the dark in Seattle on these windy, hilly roads that you don't know, and and they they're starting it at five thirty, even though it's summer. It's still dark. And, um, and there are people just like crashing and water bottles popping off bikes and people oh running boy. into, there's like road furniture. This so the first like few miles are scary. And then it kind of, it's fine after that. I'd say the first nine miles, if you're going to do it, just do another route and then pick up the, the course <laughs> and ride on. Save your collarbone for another nice. ride. That's we'll fun. And then in 2017, you said you started racing and found you could win. Can you talk about that? Yeah, Sharice and I decided that we we were kind of chickens. We were scared of racing, and um, but decided to try it. And we entered. We we were training, and we and we had a someone on our Zwift team was coaching us and giving us workouts. And we had been racing on Zwift and winning some Zwift races and have, having fun with that. And uh, so we entered the local spring series in Boise and. Um, just kind of took turns winning the races and we're surprised that we could out sprint everyone and win races and just kind of look around and be like where are people and we 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 had no idea what we were doing but it was pretty fun so I think it was just like a confidence builder and and kind of good introduction into racing nice Tiff well I admire you um lots of reasons but mainly and, and this is because Kristen and I often talk about it. it. It is not easy to arrive at a place um, where there is a cultural dynamic of kind of that competitive nature of a group of guys. I know that I don't want to be weird about it, but Kristen shows up at the mouth of immigration and deals with it a lot. Um, 
which sometimes, you know, you say to yourself, well, this is going to be fun and it's a team ride. And then in 30 minutes, it's morphed into something that is not that experience. Um, and so I admire both of you a lot for um, just continuing to arrive at an activity that is mainly, um, I, I don't know, I don't, it's a, sometimes a bunch of big dumb animals. And maybe talk about how, could you two both share what is that? What What is the motivation? I know you've got a little paragraph here about what motivates you, but um, can, we share, can we talk about that? Is that good? I, I want Kristen to go first. I okay, want you go first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, what is my motivation? Like, to continue coming on team rides or? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like arriving at an event. Um, yeah, at a thing. With a bunch of dudes. With With dudes. Yeah. With guys. Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think part of it just stems from like a child, like a childhood of, I was always in that boat. So like as a kid, I was the only girl playing baseball. And as a kid, I was, does that make sense? Like I was the only girl playing the sports. And so I'm, I'm kind of used to the dynamic of like, well, if I want to do what I enjoy, I just have to go play with the boys. And that's fine for me. Like it, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, getting uh, now it's like, it can be frustrating um, at times only because um, I think Tiff maybe mentioned it in some of her notes. Like it is sometimes like I, I don't have the same body. I don't have the same recovery. I don't have. And so sometimes, you know, it gets a little frustrating, but that's not frustrating because of the group. It's just the dynamic of like being the only female in a group of like heavy testosterone laden dudes. And so, you know, you have to kind of like, I've learned over the years that like, I have to take days off um, and I have to pace myself different on longer rides. And I think it's fine. I've learned a lot about myself being pushed by, by guys. I mean, there's guys that we ride with that are in their twenties for heaven's sakes. So, you know, like I just think, um, my motivation is that I know that it's getting, making me stronger. I, I enjoy the camaraderie more than anything of the team. I love the group. Um, it makes me laugh. Sometimes it makes me question, like it makes me learn. Um, it's just like surrounding yourself by so many different personalities and perspectives. And, um, so there's, I think a lot of things that it checks a lot of boxes for me, but those are just a few, I don't know. Did that even answer the question? No, it was really good. Except I heard you you were going to say when I ride with the b, and then then you changed it to guys, but you're going to say boys, and that's fine. We're a group of boys. Yes, big boys. Kate, if you're turned. I I relate to everything Kristen said, and I I referred to myself as a tomboy as a girl, and and for sports, I think in a lot of ways. It, it was that way for me and um, echo everything Kristen said about writing. Um, I, when I first started writing with the guys, I, you know, I think I felt like I had to prove myself at first and I would be more nervous before the rides. Um, but as, as I settled in and, and I'm almost just one of the guys now. That sounds weird, but I, I don't really think of myself as being different, except it's it's funny 
I mean, I'll just mention this because it's obvious that, and Kristen, I'm sure deals with this all the time. We have to have pee breaks when we're riding outside and, and the guys will just like turn their backs and pee on the side of the road. It's so funny that um, Toby and I were talking about this the other day, that it's completely normal. I don't really, it's not like offensive where in another setting, if, if a, a group of men and women are standing there, guys turn around and start peeing, it would be very strange. You know, you wouldn't normally do that in mixed company, but it is just what it is. I mean, they're modest in the sense that, you know, anyway, they turn around, but I usually have to go down the lane. Is that what you do, Kristen? You, you kind of have to find a tree or something. <laughs> I mean, I, it, was, yeah. it is just, it's, it's an issue when you're writing and sometimes when we're writing, we're, it's kind of barren landscape and there's not a lot of places to hide. That is so good. Very good. If we, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want, I want this paragraph you wrote is so good about uh, your biggest motivation. Could you share that? Oh, too? sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Don mentioned I'm competitive. I, I think I've learned to channel it, you know, as a, as a, as a mother and, and someone has to balance other aspects of my life. I, I don't think I'm kind of psychotic competitively, but um, I've learned to channel it and, and direct it, I guess. But I, I think it, it cycling just makes me feel great. Um, I call it bike medicine. And I, I know that my husband needs his bike medicine and I can see when he has, <laughs> he misses a ride. He, he really misses a ride, if you know what I mean. Mm. We all need each other to ride. Um, I feel more awake, strong and alive. Um, gives me a sense of accomplishment that I don't get with a lot of the mundane tasks around the house. Um, I work from home. I do the accounting for our dental office and um, and handle kind of all the financial aspects. And so I do a lot of work in the home, but it's amazing how even, you know, a Zwift workout can give me some feelings of endorphins and accomplishments. So I, I just love how it makes me feel. It's just very enlivening and satisfying. I love that. It gives me that competitive outlet, I guess. I agree. Uh, I was listening to a recording podcast this week about, uh, a guy outside of cycling. So this is a coach outside of, he's not a cyclist uh, in the traditional sense, but he's kind of studied coaching uh, cyclists. And he was talking about how um, as a cyclist, it is an incredible amount of um, skill. Okay. So he, he related it to a triathlete. Okay. So when a triathlete goes out, there's one thing that a triathlete does, and that is uh, they just ride swim or run at their at, at the highest whatever possible okay so that's it that's what they do uh and that was the example he used that as a cyclist uh the sport requires so much so it requires strength endurance uh it requires the ability to sprint rather than just like hold long endurance whatever and he he essentially said that as a cyclist uh, it is checking so many boxes as an athlete and so many different things that make you strong and alive and awake. Uh, it's, it's very far from just like that traditional endurance athlete. I thought that was pretty cool. It's kind mm -hmm. of insightful. It's one of the things I love about it. Um, it's really hard to like become a great 
a great cyclist. Uh, it takes a lot of effort and training. So anyway, okay. Yeah, and really years to build that endurance. Yeah, you know, for the distance. It you know, people have asked me about that, and I've read and heard some things about just what it takes to you know the length of time it takes to build the capillaries in your legs, and you know to be able to go that distance. And and I think a lot of it is psychological you know dealing with suffering and and what how you talk to yourself hmm. through that long climb and and if you're starting to get dropped what what you do mentally and and how you deal with suffering i think is a lot of it and and also it's just an interesting thing as an adult to peek into your own psyche and and you know on some days you deal with it better than the others better than others and suffer better on some days but but yeah it it you learn a lot about doing hard things. You do. Okay. Uh, rapid fire questions. What are you writing, Tiff? Um, 2021 Specialized Athos. Lovely. Are you happy with that? Love it. Love it. Very good. Okay. When we went to ODZ um, camp in Arizona last year, mine was the lightest bike there out of 30 plus bikes. So cool. Nice. Kind of bragging rights. <laughs> and then... Favorite local ride? We see it all the time on Strava, but maybe tell everybody. Yeah, Bogus, the Bogus climb here in Boise is just a great climb. Starts downtown and is around 4,000 feet of climbing and 16 miles, 6% average. Yeah, and it's, you know, you, you start in the city and you end up in pine trees at, at a ski resort. And yeah, it's just a great climb. Um, in the summer, we kind of have the road to ourselves, except for, you know, you see when the mountain bikers wake up and you start seeing cars go by with mountain bikes on them. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great climb. Uh, I know where your favorite place to ride. Well, maybe I don't, but we share a love for your favorite place to travel and ride. Maui. Maui. Kristen Although smiling. Tiff has ridden to Hana. She has kind of like yeah. the secret system to get to Hana and back without dying. So yeah, Hana. <laughs> Hana, Hana's a good one. Um, the bike blogs say you got to wake up early. Like how early? early? Well, if you're staying like in the Canapali area, like we probably got up at like five yeah. and, and drove across the island. I know it's insane when you're on vacation, but we do stupid things, right? <laughs> yeah. But the trick is you want to start that Hana ride on your bike with the sun, like probably pre-dawn, just first light, you hit the road. And when you do that, you're two hours ahead of the people, the tourists in cars. Yeah. And so we, we just read bike blogs and they're like, yeah, we do it all the time. The locals do it, but here's how you do it. So we started early. And the first time Don and I did it, we were just going to go part of the way, but it was so breathtakingly beautiful that we rode all the way to Hana mm -hmm. and then turned around and rode back. And I think it was about 80, 80 miles and 8,000 feet of climbing or something you know it's like little intervals because you go down into each one of those switchbacks you go down and then you mm. climb out down and out down and out um there may have been a little incident coming back in on one of the bridges <laughs> the, the the thing is when you're coming back then the tourists are coming towards yeah. you in the opposite direction and and by and large they were incredibly um careful with us they they would wait for us on the bridges. The bridges are where you cannot be on a, a car and a bike side by side. The road, even though the road's narrow, when the road is a one-way road, there was always room for a bike and a car. 
plenty of room, but on the bridges, there's not. So. I don't know if I'll ever do it, Tiff. I don't know if I'll ever do it. Oh, I, do honestly, it. it was gorgeous. Cool. We were there a year ago and we, we went one way into Hana and then our daughter drove the car with the kids and met us in Hana. And then we drove around the South side, mm. um, but the out and back was absolutely spectacular. You see, feel and hear way more than you do in a car. You sometimes would hear the waterfall, but not see it. Cool. And then sometimes on the way back, you'd be like, oh, there's that waterfall. It's down below. But if the angle, you know, it, and, and just the sounds of the rainforest and the birds and the fresh earth, it was highly recommend. It's That's way cool. more fun than Hollyhock. <laughs> we got to get up that early to do the volcano. Yeah, that's how early we do the volcano because yeah. we're trying to yeah. get back before our kids are awake. Well, not awake, but <gasps> sitting at the, the condo the whole day. Yeah, in yeah. Haleakala, you need to descend before clouds come in because clouds yeah. usually come in the afternoon. So that's kind of a Haleakala yeah. thing too. Yeah. Um, I lost my place. Okay, we're one more question. Loadages. Let's talk about that. Well, I think we'll talk about it later, but you've done. Four. Yeah. Four podiums. Go ahead. She's four for four. Four for four. Four podiums. One four first place, three second places. Very good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a different thing for women because, I mean, how many men race Lodija? Thousand or more? A thousand, you know? yeah. Yeah. And so for women, all of the women race together. And the first year I did it, there were like 85 women. And then during COVID, there were fewer, right? It, it went, I mean, maybe half that. So the women raced together, but were divided into segments and, you know, the separate races, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting with women. I think one thing that makes it harder for women is um, by race rules, we are not allowed to draft with anyone but another woman in a yeah. race, right, Kristen? Right. right. And you see many violations of that. I mean, I've see, I've been in a, a group of women and and had a woman drop off our group, hop on a peloton with a guy, and finish ten minutes. I, you know, a huge train of guys, and it would never see her again. So she just broke the rules, but she didn't get caught. It, it's the thing is, like, That's if you're hard. a guy in a race, you can probably draft with any guy who's in a race. And you're, and you're not going to get your hand slapped. Maybe if you're gunning for a podium, you might get caught. Hmm. But with women, you can't hide as easily. Wouldn't you say that, Kristen? And, oh, 100%. It's, and uh... so you, you can easily get, you can easily end up alone in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're going to play by the rules, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, last year we had such a strong group, right, Kristen, going into yeah. Montpelier. We had like nine women. There were a couple of pros ahead of us who had decided it'd be really fun to sprint right after, literally right after neutral, right, Kristen, yeah. the sprinting yeah. started. Okay. That's yeah, I knew mean, they were going to do that, but yeah, last year was brutal. I mean, the rain. You lost your glasses. I lost my glasses and it rained the whole time. Rained for two hours. Mm -hmm. so yeah you can definitely have a long day of a uh, hundred plus miles solo as a woman just because if you lose the group Easy. and you're in that in between of you're too fast they're, the girls behind you aren't going to catch you but you're not going to catch the front 
it's brutal. And that whole mental struggle of, okay, I might be riding 80 miles alone. And, and how am I going to get myself through this and talk myself yeah. through this? And, and am I willing to do this? Exactly. <laughs> and last year when we got into Montpelier, trying to find a porta potty and oh they're God. like our group just broke up trying to find a porta potty. And then I saw these women going by drafting with men. They're like, mm -hmm. hop on. And we're like, we can't do that. Why not? Don's like, do it. The worst thing, if you know, if they're just going to slap your hands and you might get a one minute penalty or whatever, just do it. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I've always avoided it, but I guess yeah. the race rules are a discussion for another day. <laughs> we'll bring Brent Chambers on and have a discussion. <laughs> let's let's oh. hammer it out. <clears throat> Tiff, maybe talk about for a bit about how you manage everything, racing, riding, training, your life. Uh, obviously with two riders in the house, um, what, how do you balance it all? How do you manage it all? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And I think like the search for balance is kind of the human quest and, and the challenge mm -hmm. of a lifetime. And, and it's never, you know, we're never fully in balance and always like tweaking and adjusting. Um, I try to put God and family first in my life. Those are my top priorities and everyone will have their own priorities. Um, I spend a lot of free time volunteering with refugees and I like to teach art in the grade school. And I find I'm happiest when I give, you know, what I need to, to God and my family and volunteerism and the things that I believe in. Um, so I, I mean, that's just like my short speech on life. But as far as cycling goes, um, I, you know, I believe in Newton's laws of motion and object in motion tends to stay in motion. So I'm basically always riding and it kind of goes back to that bike medicine thing for me. It just feels good. It's part of my life, right? It's just what we do. Um, but the way that we, we Boise folks train for Lodoja, you know, when I'm doing Lodoja and there are times I've just been like, I'm not doing it this year because I needed to not do it mentally. And anyone who's done it, I'm sure understands that. Um, but when I am training, it's hard to not get burned out. And, you know, That's I welcome right. other people's comments on how to not burn out. But, <laughs> um, you know, I found myself just after the millionth interval in August, just going, wow, I'm not really having fun anymore. And, you know, it kind of becomes a job that you're almost dreading. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you start questioning so many life choices, right, Stu? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess I, I have to ride for fun and too. And, and when I'm feeling that way leading into Lodoja, I, I really have to just do a lot of writing for fun. And, and sometimes that gets frustrating writing with people like my husband who are just go, go, go. It's like, guys, we can just ride for fun. It's not a race, right? It's hard to convince the guys that sometimes I think Kristen can probably relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, and also I just have to take days off, sometimes time off. Um, but I, I'm basically always writing, but sometimes I have to just make myself write easier, hook up with some cyclists who are more casual and just go for easy rides, do some sightseeing, you know, just try to make it fun. Yeah. How can it not be fun with Toby? Come on. Toby is so fun. Shout so out fun. to Toby Bingham. Shout Toby to sings. 
he is hilarious. He always has like 80, 80s tunes going in one ear and he's singing. He's, he's kind of Mr. Sunshine. He is. Mr. Personality. He makes it fun. And we do some fun daytime rides. Toby has a Tuesday train. I guess it's the Thursday train now. But we go out in the day and, and we do things that would not be allowed on a more serious Saturday. Hmm. You know, sightseeing, casual, silly things, photo shoots. So, yeah, yeah it's, he makes it fun. Um, maybe talk a bit about uh, unless Kristen any follow-up questions comments uh, no okay no. I, I want to hear how you balance it Kristen yeah how I balance mm -hmm. um, all of it all of it wow um, I think I uh, I think I try not to take it all too seriously um, and you know I, I don't want to be like the downer but, you know, there's times I have to remind everybody that we are amateur athletes. And, you know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, there are so many things like more important than the QOMs and the times and the events. And it's hard to balance because, you know, you're, you are putting so much time, effort and energy into this thing and you want to be really good at it. And most people who do it are that personality right? They want to be the best. They want to ride the best, wear the best. <clears throat> and I think that's awesome. I think it's great to have that um, perspective of if you're going to do something, you do it all and you do it right. But at the same time, like the counterbalance of that is for me to just kind of remind myself, like I have these other hats that are just as important, you know, like I'm, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and, um, you know, I, I have to sort of just kind of keep that in check that like, I'm not getting paid for this. This is not top priority. Um, and so when it starts to feel too heavy, or maybe I put too much pressure on myself, that's like, I just have to kind of remind myself, you know, what's most important. And at the end of the day, why am I doing it? And I'm doing it hopefully to be a better mom, a better wife, a better person. Does that make sense? So <clears throat> mm -hmm. But it is a constant reminder because, you know, we put so much time into it. We put a lot of money into it. We put a lot of everything into it. And I think it's easy to let it um, kind of warp your mind into thinking like after all of that, like this has to be the priority. Lodija is the priority or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, sort of just that constant reminder that we are should be doing this for fun. Um, anyway. I agree. I love what you said. And um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, like to win races and things. And, and, you know, the week before Lodija, when you're just like physically ill with worry, mm -hmm. <laughs> you just have to remind yourself, you know, that I am not defined by that, you know, cycling. I, I love to ride a bike. I'm a cyclist. That's part of who I am, but it doesn't define my worth or, who I am. And like you say, I have my family and things that are much more important than the outcome of a race. And I, I have to like physically talk myself through the pressure I put on myself too. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think dealing with like fear of failure or, mm -hmm. you, you know, it's okay if I choose not to compete, if I, it's okay to just ride, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to kind of, have that self-talk and, and hammering out, you know, what I want to be and, 
and it, because a lot of the satisfaction and the thrill is comes from pushing yourself to the limits and finding out what you can do even in my old age you know to push but also just finding the time to say it's okay i'm going to pass on that one yeah you know? i think it takes like you almost have to be more vulnerable to say i'm not i'm not competing today because i think we have this idea that everyone's going to judge our outcome and then pin that to us does that make sense i know i do that sometimes yeah. like well, if I don't hang or if I don't finish or if I don't PR or whatever the stupid bar that I've set for myself is, sometimes it's like, it takes more vulnerability for me to be like, I just can't do it today. To, to like be honest with myself and be like, I just can't do that today. And that's okay. But I think as athletes that that do take it, you know, seriously, it's, it's hard to say, I can't do it today. <laughs> like, I just don't have it today. Um, it is. And, I think that's something and, and that FOMO thing is always like haunting and like tapping you yeah. on the shoulder, but, but maybe you should have done that. Look what you missed out on. Look at their mm -hmm. post. You missed that ride. You know, you could have done that. What if you would have gotten. It's like that the month of the Lotus and you're looking at everyone's Strava and you're like, why are they writing so much? Like I'm already not writing that much. And then you start to think like I'm, I'm behind. I'm not prepared. Yeah. yeah. She's more prepared than me. She has more miles. <laughs> yeah. She did that. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's it's kind of a crazy game, but yeah. Guys, this to... is this is why I think that we should sign up together in the cycle sport category and just do a mass sixty yeah. people loaded judge. Just yeah. all of us together working for a nine hour loaded judge, sixty people. Just have them. I totally salamis. sign up for that. I would so yes. sign up for that. Yeah. I'm telling you. And Don can sit out front if he feels that that is necessary. He can pull us. I think he would actually love it. He would <laughs> actually love it. And I, yeah, that, that would be so, so fun. Be so and fun I, I think there's some guys up here who totally jump on that. It's a great All right. idea. Hey, if we have gotten this far. Let's connect a few, let's connect a few dots that we haven't connected. Tell us about uh, where you ride. Tell us about team real. And then, um, so if you didn't, if you don't know, uh, Tiff and I and the team, we ride together essentially almost every morning on Zwift uh, for six months. I mean, we're riding together for six months. The other uh, six months, you're in Idaho riding with Team Real. Could you just be real, uh, just talk real quick about who, what that team is, um, how it works. And if you follow Tiff on Strava, that's not the best part. She and Don are official members of this team, of Miduele. And you guys have bought kits for the last three years, and that is the best thing ever. And I don't know. Sometimes when your pictures come through and you guys are in the middle of Team Real and your Dwelle kits, I I feel I swell with pride too. <laughs> That's you so awesome. Know. <laughs> we uh, we love your team. Our our team, our Salt Lake team. We're the we're the Boise chapter. Boise chapter, very good. Of New Dwelle. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, like Stu said, that connection started back with um, Stu and Don racing Lodija together. And obviously, Midwale is incredibly well represented. And it's been awesome for Kristen and I to race together. I just wish we could ride, she and I could ride together more during the year. Um, but yeah, Team Real um, is it's a club, and, and it um, anyone can join. It, it's we're pretty loosely organized and there are many many very recreational riders associated with um, 
team real and there's kind of a more hardcore group hmm. that's probably usually 10 to 15 um core guys and me <laughs> and and we get more people joining us all the time you know sometimes we'll pick up someone will hop on with us on a ride and end up you know wearing our kit a few months later and so it's a pretty welcoming um group and, and like i say there's this kind of hardcore group that that um the greater group who doesn't ride with say on saturdays and doesn't train with um and we I don't know if this is interesting because I'm new to your group me app and see how you guys communicate. We have a Slack app that has all these different channels for all these different conversations. So it's quite Smart. hilarious. <laughs> um, like there's literally one called the butt crack of Don oh my with D-A-W-N, not, not <laughs> D-O-N. So, <laughs> luckily it's not Don. That's the name of this podcast. I'm going to name it that. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, we were joking about his, anyway, I'm going to move on. But yeah, that's for the early morning rides. Um, there's Don's torture chamber um, mm -hmm. conversation on Slack. That's for the Lodojo training workouts. Don kind of organizes the D-O-N, D-O-N. That's, that's D-O-N's torture chamber. <laughs> Saturday rides, local rides. There's a separate one for Lodojo. There's one for Sawtooth. So we, we have all these little channels we communicate on and, um, yeah, it's a great group. Really great group. They are a great group. You guys always, know Taylor. You've seen his videos. Yep. Taylor rides with us. I've I've ridden. There's always a team real uh competitor in my loaded group. So it's it's always really fun to connect with you guys. So very cool. Um let's talk about Zwift for a minute and then we'll wrap up into your advice. Uh maybe your history there, because your end on history of Zwift is actually pretty cool. Can you talk about it for a minute? Yeah, I mean, Don, we were joking about this recently. Um, no one really knows what their Zwift write, user number. Everyone has a, like a writer number. And Don's, yeah. Don, Don was probably one of the first few hundred Zwift writers. It's yeah, I just, I just gave him the yellow jersey and his number is like 1,074. I mean, it's yeah. like everyone else's is like 743,970. I mean, it's yeah. like, it is crazy. Yeah, his, his is crazy. Um Mine is low compared to many new ones, but Don's is ridiculous um, because he started writing years and years ago. I, I can't even remember. Zwift was beta for sure when he discovered it and was telling me about this new app and he was using it when he had a broken collarbone after yeah. a crash. And um, I think it was like 2015, maybe 14, that we first kind of Zwifted to stay in shape over the winter. You know, prior to that, we were doing spin class and that type of thing over the winter. Um, and we joined this team called ODZ, um, mm -hmm. and it was at the time, just a really fast growing dynamic team. It was one of the first Swift teams as, as Swift was emerging in the beta phase. And so ODZ was bringing a lot of writers in and organizing a lot of things. And they, they were doing so many fun rides, a lot like what the Dwellies do now, um, and there, there was this Thursday ride called Wagner's Wagon. And, and we have this friend of ours, Chris Haskell, local guy here in Boise, who would literally do game shows on Discord during that ride. Like movie <laughs> trivia, there were prizes. He had a soundboard. He was like writing and operating a soundboard. Oh my God. In fact, my friend Sharice announced that she was pregnant to the team on that 
game show. Like they had pre-recorded all these segments mm -hmm. of her like reading those things from that movie, Raising Arizona. It was the weirdest thing, but yeah, we had some great times with ODZ in the old days. I mean, that had to have been, I didn't start writing on Zwift till I think the winter of 2018, 19. So you're talking about probably what, 2016, 17? Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think, Sharice had a baby in 2016, but we were on that year probably two winters mm. before that. Okay. Um, so I think maybe 2014, 15 might have been our first winter on Zwift. And yeah, um, and yeah like Sharice and I would race back in those early days of Zwift and um, ODZ was running some women's races and there weren't that many women racing. I mean, this was before eSports. It's, it's like we're talking about decades ago, but this all evolves, you know, in a matter of a couple of years. But before there were like professionals racing on Zwift. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's fun, fun to and, hear. And terrible. It's fun to hear you and Don talk about early Zwift where there was like two routes and everyone's avatar looked the same. And I mean, that's, it's crazy to even think that that existed, but it was only like four years ago. So I know it's so funny. And there was only Watopia. <laughs> Yeah. And and Watopia didn't have the Alp or the Epic or the yeah. desert. It was it was basically the tunnel, you know, the ocean tunnel and the KOMs and you just kind of go around that little loop mm. was kind of all there was. I think they called it Jarvis Island at Jarvis. first. Jarvis was like an early developer or something. That that big tree as you go through the tunnel and come out is called Jarvis's tree or something. Mm. And there were so few riders on Zwift at that time that to sort of feel like you had company, they had all these little blue ghost riders. Weird. So you would just like be riding with all these blue ghosts. It's pretty funny. Hmm. Any, any uh, favorite memory? Are there good memories on Zwift? Is there anything that you remember? Any, any favorites from uh, everything you've done there that stand out? Um, yeah, I have a memory. I, I won a race on Zwift that was this really long race that was, there actually was a commentator for. Hmm. And it was one that was kind of advertised and all those with all the ODZ guys were watching it. And Sharice had gone off the front toward the end of the race. And then I came in and sprinted. It was in London and sprinted past her and won it. And Don was in the kitchen listening to the color commentary. I mean, can you imagine there's actually a color? I mean, you could, you know, for like, we had one. Races. So fun. <laughs> but this is like old lady racing on Zwift. And Don was like cheering in the kitchen and like replayed it like for his employees at work and something. It's just so funny that it almost seemed like something big had happened. And it was some like, <laughs> nobody's whiffed race but Tiff, good times come on good times but honestly riding with the dwellers has been so fun the last couple of winters and and your creativity and the fun ideas and crazy things you're putting together just make it really fun it, you're it doing fun. kind of what odz used to do in the old days but odz is kind of fizzling out a little bit on mm. zwift so so much fun it is fun i agree I think it's fun in a painful, suffering, sweaty kind of way. Just very. Really, really, really sweaty. But it, it gets us through the winter. I mean, we're definitely ready to go outside when spring comes, but um, it's better than a spin class and much better than staring at a wall. Spin class. We talked about that yesterday. That yeah. was fun. Very yeah. good. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's come in for landing here, Tiff. You've got some great advice. Where do you want to start there? Let's... Uh, Maybe some training tips for everybody that you've learned over the years. Do you want to do that? 
sure. I, I'm okay. not sure that I'm um, should be giving you should experienced cyclist advice, but um, <laughs> but I, I see a lot of people who want to get faster, who are you know maybe wanting the race and want to get faster, and um, including like spouses of some of our riders here in Boise and. And the thing that worked for me is to ride with faster riders and, you know, to always have someone pushing you, obviously, is a key to success. Um, we've talked about having fun. Um, I, I think it has to, you still have to have fun. And, and Kristen addressed that, like, when we're competitive people and wanting to be at the top of our sport, I think we can make the mistake of pushing too long and too hard. And I know as we get older, we need more rest. And mentally, I need it, you know, to keep it to keep it fun. Um, I also have experienced just how much strength training can can um, change change the game. Um, I'm too lazy to do it right now, but <laughs> the winters when I've done a lot of strength training, it's it's been, you know, the the most fit I've ever been, and made me definitely faster. Probably one of the best ways to increase FTP. Nice. Over the winter. Um, yeah. I think I'd probably address those other ones. Cool. Um, what about just young riders? We, we actually do a Kristen mention. We got some 20 year olds. Uh, you know, you've, you've seen a lot of people come in and out of cycling. I bet and anything that any advice you'd give to just a somebody starting or a, a younger rider with babies, like young guys with just babies. It, it's so hard when, with the little ones and, and um, <laughs> tricky for those, you know, for those families with where the husband and wife are, are both riding and there's babies at home. And, and we definitely were there at one point. It takes a lot of coordination and, and um, maybe handing off the kids sometimes. We definitely um, made it not very fun for our older kids. Sometimes when Donna and I were out riding and our baby was waking up and the kids were having to take care of the baby and we were maybe gone a little bit too long. That's a good experience. Uh, um, <laughs> probably most people who listen to this know about hydration and nutrition, but one thing that I think we can help young, young riders, like it's, as our son has ridden in Nika um, and these kids getting into mountain biking, it's amazing what they don't know about nutrition. And when I see what these kids are eating before a race and, and most of them don't know how to fuel during a race. I mean, if they're doing, if they're a sixth grader doing one lap on a Nika course, they don't need to fuel during a race, but these varsity kids don't know what to drink. Um, you know, some of them do, because there are obviously some that are incredibly experienced, but I, we, Don and I have found that maybe the way that we can help these young Nike kids is just knowing um, how to hydrate about nutrition, how to, how to, um, how to eat on a bike. Um, my daughter started riding with me when she was like 12, and when she was 14, she did her first century and she could not drink a water bottle on a bike. Like, you know, she had not figured that out. And so we would have to pull over and I'd have to make her drink because she would regularly bonk. She was so strong and fiercely competitive and she wanted to go, 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 but she would forget to drink and eat. So I, th I think with kids, I mean, 
and and you know, if someone has a significant other that's new, um, they they need to learn how to grab a bottle and how to eat on the go, and it's a skill that you know takes time and practice. Definitely, very cool. Kristen, any final questions for Tiff before we wrap it up? Um, no, I don't think so. You're not dying to know any secrets. Tiff's. I mean, I have asked Tiff in the past, like how she can Zwift as much as she Zwifts. I mean, okay. the year, the year after my knee, when I tried to hang with her at Loja and it just did not happen. And, you know, I had to ask her like, what, how, because I still, if I'm not doing a workout, look, I'm at the gym. Like I'd so much rather be doing something else. I just think it's incredible. Like the, um, I don't even know what you call it. It's just grit to be able to get up and, and, and ride on that thing. Like as strong as you ride Tiff, it's just, it's crazy. It's awesome. I wish I could do it. I just, I just struggle. Oh, no, you're no. way too nice. I think it's just, I'm weird. Like I have maybe have a weird like affinity for it. I, it, you know, I, it's hard to get up in the morning and sometimes our garage is so cold because we swift yeah. in our garage. You guys are in the house, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I mean, when it's in the teens or single digit, that garage is so cold. Like I have to mm -hmm. wear a jacket for the first while. And there are no. many mornings I don't turn on a fan because it's too cold. So oh. I'm freezing, but I'm sweating. It's terrible. Oh, but I think I just, it just keeps me going. It's that Newton's law, you know, it just keeps me in motion. And I love being able to stay in shape over the winter. Like the first winter I Zwifted, I was amazed like that I could just hit the real roads in the spring and I was ready to go. Yeah. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't lost this huge amount of fitness. So I think that was just exciting. But I, I thought about Zwift, like what it is that I like and, and it really is the social aspect for me. That's mm -hmm. so fun. I talk too much, so I'm just apologizing to all the dwellers right now. I, I just need to shut up. I know it's not I talking, Tiff. It's, it's, it's typing. Just chatting. I, I can't even chat and write. Like I'm just like trying to keep my focus on staying in it. Yeah, they they do. They put the hurt on. They they do. They they make me hurt big time. That one on Thursday was pretty fun. Most that Yorkshire. Well, the Yorkshire sponge. pudding really wasn't that Yorkshire tasty pudding. after all. No, it was not. But yeah, you guys, you guys make it fun and just keep me coming back. I think if I didn't have that social aspect with the dualies and something new every week, you know, it, it'd be hard. Yeah. But just need to come out more, Kristen. Yeah. I need you. I burn out. I gotta like switch it up. She but, just watches you know, mine. We're though. just we're next to each other, and she's just watching, going, "What What are you doing?" That is just. <laughs> But so I think part of that is knowing what you need to, because I have friends who go super chill over the winter too, and they can't ride hard all summer unless they go chill over the winter. So part yeah. of it, I think is knowing what That's you smart. need and, and like what you need to keep going so that yeah. you don't just end up hating it. That's great advice. Yeah. You guys, thank you. Tiff, we admire you. I really do wish we were closer together so we could ride. I think Toby and, Don send me a text almost every other week. That's like, just, can we just please coordinate something where we ride together? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's fun to introduce you to the team, to people that don't know you and uh, just share your story a little bit. So thank you for the time. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. You guys are the best.
Thanks. It's a privilege to know you and write with you guys. Thanks.